This is an ABC podcast. I'm an only child. I don't get to play with anyone at home because I don't have anyone to play with. So I'm just a bit sad at not getting to play with anyone, like friends and things. It's quite annoying. It has been quite boring with both my parents working and having no one I can play with without having something organised. So sometimes I feel like there's just nothing to do. None of my friends really go to school because of COVID-19. Some of them have, um, well, most of them have weak immune systems or parents who are scared for them. I'm mostly just sitting at school on one bench all alone. My birthday's in March and almost always I have both sets of grandparents up and they were going to come up this year, but because of the restrictions, they couldn't. It's been weeks since coronavirus put a stop to sport and dancing, scouts, play dates and trips to the shops with our friends. All of the social activities that make your kids spark. And there's no doubt isolation is tough on all of us, but how do you manage if you're an only child or a single parent? Hi, I'm Maggie Dent, and in this Parental as Anything, I want to help you get through isolation when you or your child are on your own. Some things about being an only child or a single parent are great. You don't have to share your parents. You don't have to bristle at the annoying things that a sibling or a partner does, especially when they eat your secret chocolate. But it's also hard when there aren't as many people to help carry the load. And right now, the load is heavier than it's ever been. So if you have an only child or if you're parenting on your own, let's talk about how you can make isolation a bit less isolating. Put your guilt stick down. You've got too much else to do right now. What we tend to find with only children in homes is that that's their reality. They're used to being on their own. And if they do need to spend a bit of time with you, yep, that's fine. But your child's probably got more coping strategies than children in homes full of children. Don't name it loneliness. I'd probably name it boredom. And then it's something they can deal with. If you're a solo parent... Lower those expectations for a while that you have for your kids and aim to be what your child or your children needs right now, which is that safe base. Actually, that advice applies all the time, not just during a pandemic. Michelle Mitchell is an author, an educator and a champion of parents, especially those of you doing this tough job on your own. And usually the advice for solo parents is build up your village, you know, find your connections in your immediate community and make the most of them, except they can't do that at the moment. So what's your advice to single parents who can't access the usual support networks right now? I think we have to get really good at doing this thing called asking for help. And I know it is just so incredibly hard to do and it it makes us feel so vulnerable, but there are people in the peripherals of our life. They might not be people that we've called on every single day of our life, but they're people that we trust. They might even be organisations that we trust that right now's the time to actually be vocal and ask for help when you really do see that deficit there that you've got to fill. 
I think we've seen examples of communities and neighbourhoods coming out, haven't we, looking after, you know, our elderly. And I'm pretty sure that there'll be some solo parents out there who've now connected with some people in their neighbourhood, realising that they're on their own. I think it's absolutely happening. It's almost the rebirth of our neighbourhood. We've got um, people coming out at four o'clock and it's a beautiful thing, but we're watching actually people say hello to each other in a way that they haven't before. And making new connections is not impossible. It's difficult, but not impossible during this time because I feel like people's hearts are so open and so willing to be accessible and help. And lots of one-kid families work hard to build up their children's network of friends. So how worried should parents be about their only children at the moment. I think it's really important not to catastrophize because every child is going to process this differently. There's going to be a lot of kids that come out of this just fine, but there's have some that have got these compound pressures. So kids that maybe were possibly already anxious or don't have a lot of access to technology or are isolated, you know, particularly isolated because their their parents are isolated or they're not in neighborhoods with children. So some of those kids are going to be at more of a disadvantage. But I want to remind parents of this, Maggie, that home in all its imperfection is actually the hero right now. And kids more than anything else need to be close to their safe big adults. They are gonna miss their friends, but they need their family. And I think it's that relaxing around home at the moment of the things that we usually prioritise as parents, you know, getting the washing done and the tidiness and amazing meals that have broccoli in them. Are we giving them a safe base to be while the world's a bit chaotic? Because that is number one priority, whether you're a solo child or not. And I think there are some ways that kids can connect with their friends. I mean, I've heard of lots of kids um, not just doing the social media and playing games online. I think it's, you know, the drawing pictures and writing letters and, and lots of little things we can be doing, can't we, that can actually connect that. I think there's four ways that I'm seeing families feel this deficit. One is technology. And probably the best thing I've said to my youngest son, who's very extroverted, is your social life is my absolute priority right now. So I've never kind of allowed them to have dinner in their rooms. But if their friends are online around dinner time at the moment, I'm trottling upstairs with, darling, would you like your food in your room? Because well done. Because their social life is my priority Well right done. Now. There's neighbourhoods. The most beautiful thing I think I see is at four o'clock every afternoon, there's about 20 kids who get on their bikes and they try and be social distanced, Maggie. It's the funniest thing. It's kind of, and every time they get too close to you, they yell out, sorry. And we've got this like, sorry, sorry, sorry going on everywhere, but they are doing their best. And for some kids, that's just a lifeline. Drive-bys are another one. Conversation from the car, a drive-by in your local area and giving them a social responsibility as well so drawing their attention to and helping them channel their empathy outwards so maybe their job is to ring their um, grandma at six o'clock every night or maybe their job is to check up on a friend okay so let's talk about it extroverts the high energy children the roosters in our homes who are bouncing off the walls at the moment Okay, what are your suggestions for helping to live with them without wanting to post them off and uh, get rid of them? <laughs> well, the beautiful thing about this, Maggie, is I've got an 18-year-old who is almost 100% extrovert and I also have a dad who's 72 who's almost 100% extrovert and the same sadness and flatness that I've heard in my son's voice, I can hear in my dad's voice as well. So I think extroverts are particularly finding this time really hard. I've done a few things. I have to keep reminding 
him that, honey, this is temporary. This is not going to be forever. Let's talk about what you really miss. Let's talk about what you want to do when this ends. Let me just really tell you that I understand how hard this is for you. But I'd also like to say that there's times where I've had to put on my I'll be a teenager with you hat and be a really good playmate. <laughs> you know, like adults are not great at playing. We, we carry around, I call it, Maggie, a, a mortgage frown because life's <laughs> so intense when you're about our age. But to be able to say 7pm is when we get together for card games every night or... You know, we, we all play the video games together or we all go for a walk together or whatever it be that brings your family together and make it fun and, and have a laugh together. And I think we have to deliberately step into that space as adults. I think I've seen some fantastic dance-offs on TikTok from the same sort of thing where the, the mum and dad are in amongst it. And I love that. We need them to know this is what happens when adverse events arrive and what gets you through it is the fact that you've got others around you to support you. And one of the things we say as parents to ourselves is I'm too tired to do that but I find that when I step myself into that moment it actually energises me. So it's just the fact that we are not comfortable and used to playing as much as you know our kids need it. My life partner and father of my two daughters who are now six and eight, Justin, uh, died seven and a half months ago suddenly, unexpectedly. And now the coronavirus has hit and um, it has meant that we cannot uh, really see my mum and um, obviously access to family support is limited. It's impacted my ability to be able to work again. And even, you know, so much as the fact that I'm at home with the two girls and I can't really go to the shops, I've had to rely on the kindness of many friends and family. Uh, lovely, the little village did form around me, but I have to say the experience was already isolating when you're grieving and to have this on top of it has uh, re-triggered a lot of trauma. It's made it very hard to get by every day, which was already hard. I guess it's pushing me to have to, you know, continue to care for my girls, but it is so hard on your own. The loneliness I described already before this happened as terminal, and I, I believe it. it's even more so now. Michelle, there is a big difference between being alone and being lonely and how that impacts mental health. So what are the signs, the red flags to look for in solo tweens and teens and single parents who are slipping into that dark place? Right now, big emotions are actually really normal. So we can, you know, we can expect our kids to show up getting angry and frustrated and some tears sometimes. We can really expect that. But I guess what concerns me the most is when I don't see kids or us as adults adapting very well. And let me try and explain that. I think we need to be finding new ways to experience joy in our different circumstances. And if our kids are not finding joy in, in their new normal, I would be a little concerned about them. And the same things that are good for our brain become red flags to tell us that kids' brains are not operating at their optimum. So things like when our kids are not eating healthily or they've 
not drinking enough water, that's one of those red flag signs. When their sleep deteriorates, when they're not having joy and play. Um, another one is when they're not getting enough oxygen or they're lethargic and they don't want to exercise. And you can see their breathing's just not normal. And they're, they're kind of just um, hunched in a, you know, the fetal position. You know, my son at one point was looked like he was in a coma till three o'clock every afternoon <laughs> and he wasn't doing very well. So all those things that are positive, boosting neurochemicals for our brain when they're not there we can actually notice those things as well we really want parents to trust their instincts because you get a gut feeling don't you that nah that's not feeling too good how can we ask that question and be heard without them going whatever roll their eyes probably what i would do right now is just just not even ask a question but say gosh this is tough isn't it just acknowledge it because I think it's less about what we do and who we are, what we're bringing and being in this situation that's going to help our kids adapt. And like we talked about before, this healthy, secure baseline, home being the hero, is going to be the thing that allows our children to transition through those difficult emotions and find joy again in this new normal that they're in. Love that. I think validate, 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 validate. And maybe at that point too, after we've validated, we're calling out their potential because I think the two go hand in hand. We can validate how difficult this is and then that opportunity to stand next to them and call out their potential and help them look forward is actually what's really meaningful. Um, How can I help you right now? That one never goes astray, not assuming that we know what kids need. Michelle Mitchell, thank you. I'm actually feeling way more positive after our chat. Thank you, Maggie. I've been face-dumbing my grandparents more since um, I have to read to people and I've been reading to them and so they've been reading back to me. We like to play ball games, card games. We like to play with all of our pets and go for exercises and walks together. We also like to cook as a family and if our pool stays warm, we can go for swims. Um, I've been drawing more and um, mum has given me a task to draw for her like a... Um, big moon surrounded by some trees mm, so far it's been pretty the drawing looks pretty good i've been hanging out with a couple of my neighbors two of them are right next to us three of them are a couple of doors down and that's it has been pretty fun and we've definitely been hanging out with them a lot more than we do usually so how are you managing especially with your feelings of fear loneliness and being completely overwhelmed To solo parents, your stress levels will be the highest. Please consider reaching out for support from family and friends and support services. You really don't have to do this by yourself. Seeking help is not a sign of a weakness, but it's rather a sign of strength and your kids need to see you do this. Also, I have a special message for those parents, like the mum you've heard from earlier, who have lost a partner in recent times. These uncertain times will activate your grief often and that sense of feeling helpless again. Know that this is quite normal and, yep, it is an added challenge right now. But you know what? You know how to do grief. Focus on bunkering down with your kids just like you've been doing already. If you're really struggling, especially with your mental health, please don't hesitate. You can access help 24-7 through Lifeline 13 11 14. 
One of the interesting things we do as parents is we often love that our children give us great joy and make us feel loved and also wonderful things. Well, that's a big responsibility for children. So my challenge to you is every single day, look at what am I putting into my own cup? What am I doing that nurtures me? What am I doing that makes me feel a little bit better? And I must admit, I have been doing a lot of baking because it does make me feel productive and useful. Dive into a book if you can. And if the kids are all getting a bit ratty, stick them in front of the TV with you, a big bag of popcorn, and regroup and watch a good kids movie. You've got to put things into your cup so that your cup is full enough to help fill your children's cups. And I'll tell you one great thing that you can do with your own time, and that's something I've been doing, and that's listening to podcasts. How about Judith Lucy's Overwhelmed and Dying? If you've ever heard this comedian stand up, you'll know she's very funny, very dry, a little bit naughty, and she uses, shall we say, fruity language. So it's one for when the kids aren't around. In the podcast, she looks at how she can be less overwhelmed with the state of the world and you will have a good giggle. You can listen to Judith Lucy is Overwhelmed and Dying for free on the ABC Listen app or podcast apps like Apple and Google. And next time on Parental as Anything, it's Fussy Eaters. A tuna and cucumber sushi roll, but you've got to buy it, you can't make it. And then you've got to peel the seaweed off and remove any bits of green or tuna off. And then he'll eat the rice. Of course, you can't just get him a bowl of rice. He won't do that. He'll eat everything in sight for like two days. And then he won't eat anything but, you know, plain pasta and maybe a Vegemite sandwich for the next week straight. Feeding a family can be incredibly stressful. How do you help your child develop a healthy and stress-free attitude to food? <laughs> That's next. I'm Parental as Anything with me, Maggie Dent. Maggie Dent.